Hi, I'm Edwards Three, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. I remember a few years ago, one of my kids came home after a soccer game, and he was a little discouraged. He didn't have a great game, and he just felt badly because he knew he could play better, and he wanted to, but it just wasn't going for him. He wasn't connecting passes like he normally does. He didn't hit his shots. He kicked the ball out of bounds, and he was just frustrated with himself because he just didn't have a great game. Do you have an area of your life right now where you feel that way? We feel like you're, you're not playing at the level you know you need to play at. Maybe it's with your parenting right now as a mom, as a dad, and, and you feel like you're just not giving your best. It's, it, you're falling short. Uh, you, maybe it's in your spiritual life. There's something going on in your spiritual life, in your prayer life, and you feel like you're just, you're just failing. It's just not going well. Or maybe in your, your moral life, there's a, a certain sin, a certain weakness that just keeps coming out. You just keep losing your temper, or you just keep complaining about your spouse, or you just fall into discouragement too much, or you fall into lustful thoughts, or you, you, you fall into anxiety, and you're just always anxious and worried. What, what is that weakness that's there, and you, you just know it, 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 it shouldn't be there, and you don't want it to be there, and you try to be better, but you just can't overcome that fault? What do we do in these moments when we have these areas of our lives where we feel ashamed? We feel like I, I'm just not, not playing at the level I need to play at. I'm falling short. I feel like I'm failing. Well, this week, the Catholic Church is celebrating a great saint, an amazing saint. I would say my, my favorite saint here. In fact, this saint is one of the, the patrons of the Sri family household. So ever since we, we were married, Beth and I had, we had two saints that are, are like the patrons of our household. And we, we, we celebrate all the saints, but these two especially, St. Joseph is one of them. But the other saint is the great St. Therese of Lisieux. And she's going to offer us much wisdom and much encouragement, but also some challenges to meet God right there in the midst of those weak points that we have, in, those, in the midst of those areas where we feel like we're falling short, where we're failing, that, that those aren't just moments of, of mistakes and, and shortcomings and sin. No, no. These are actually the places that God wants to meet us, to invite us to that next step if— if we respond properly in those moments where we fall short, when we fall into weakness, when we fall into sin. That's what we're going to take a look at in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Three, and I am just back from Kansas. We were in Atchison, Kansas at Benedictine College this weekend for family weekend, visiting our, our daughter who's a freshman there. So she's had a little over a month of life at college as a freshman, and it was we brought the whole family out, drove across the, the I-70 experience across uh, the great state of Kansas from here in Denver. And But it was, it was awesome just to get time with her, and you should check out Benedictine College. If you have are looking for a great college for yourself, if you're a young adult listening or you're a parent thinking of your kids someday, I taught at Benedictine for nine years, and it was a school. I, I, I have to say it wasn't always as Catholic as it is now. It went through some challenges and difficult periods, but I was there and saw and witnessed the transformation. Uh, of, of this college that has really embraced its Catholic identity, is full of many opportunities for young people to pursue faith life in the classroom, outside of the classroom. Wonderful place. Check it out. Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas, and uh, just great to be there this weekend. And um, as we're getting ready, we're thinking about St. Therese here. Her feast day is coming up on October 1st. 
I have mentioned the last few weeks my 30-day prayer challenge, and I, I want to I talk to you about that again here, especially for the topic we're looking at today, where we have these areas that we're falling, we feel like we're falling short. We feel like it's just not going as well. Like the, the, One of the best things we need is prayer. We need to have a regular prayer life, a daily prayer life, so we could be filled up more with God. And, and you've heard me say, when I'm talking about prayer, I'm not talking about just saying prayers. I'm not just talking about novenas or the rosary or the Divine Mercy Chaplet or the Liturgy of the Hours, morning and evening prayer. As wonderful as those prayers are, I hope they're a part of our spiritual life. Uh, we need, if we really want to give the best of ourselves to God and to the people in our lives, we need a daily prayer life of quiet time and conversation with God, where we listen to God time where we feed our mind with the Word of God, but we're not just reading. We just read maybe a, a line or two from Scripture. We pause, we reflect, we talk about it with God. This is what the church calls meditation. Do you have a daily set time for meditation in your life? Do you have a daily 15, 20, 30 minutes a day where you set apart quiet time for the Lord? You've heard me say this before, but I'm going to tell you, for those of you that are married, your spouse needs you needs you to have that daily prayer time. It, it, you will not be able to give the best of yourself to your spouse if you don't have that daily time of meditation. Again, I, I hope you listen to, to good things when you're driving in the car, Catholic radio, a podcast, and that can enrich your life. But we're not. Uh, we, the soul needs so much more than that. The soul needs this daily time of meditation. I hope you have the rosary in your life, or maybe you pray a Divine Mercy Chaplet, or maybe you do morning and evening prayer of the churches, or wonderful things. Maybe you even go to daily mass. That's the highest form of prayer. Uh, that's that's awesome. I, I hope you. It'd be wonderful if you have those things in your life. But if we don't have a daily prayer life of meditation. All those devotions, all those vocal prayers, liturgical prayers, even the Mass, is not going to bear as much fruit. Your children need you to have a daily prayer life. Your friends, your colleagues, your parish, your community, people are depending on us giving the best of ourselves, and the best of ourselves isn't ourselves. Is Jesus shining through us. Jesus radiating through us. His love radiating through us. Through us. But that can only happen if we have a deep, committed, interior life. This is what the saints tell us, my friends. You've heard me talk about this a lot. Uh, if you know deep down you need to take this step and develop a daily prayer life, you're longing to, to, to have that time with God, that you want to be filled with his spirit each day so that you have more to give to God and to the people in your life, Join me for the 30-day prayer challenge this October. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pray and commit together for 30 days of prayer. And I, you know, my spiritual director always says, you know, we should we should be praying 30 minutes. But if you're just getting started, you can get a discount. You can start with 20, and I I'm gonna give you the extra discount. You can even start with 15. If you're just getting started, you get a double discount here this month. <laughs> so, but join me for 30 days. Uh, and and you could use any resource you want. You could use the scriptures. You could use a, a writing of a saint, reflections from a devotional book. But if you want to join me in this, I'll also say you, you could join what I'm going to be using, and it's the book that I wrote this last, uh, that just came out uh, this summer. It's called When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul. It can be found at ascensionpress.com. That's ascensionpress.com. It has 30 short reflections from the writings of the saints. 
Again, some of you might be wondering, Dr. Shree, you're going to read your own book for prayer? Well, it's it, I am, but I'm not. It's not about my writings because if you read this book, you'll see it's introducing us to the saints, and it's every reflection is just packed with quotes from the saints. And I'm going to be focusing in on those quotes. In fact, I'm going to share with you one quote that's in the book today from Therese. Uh, that's my favorite quote from her, and I, I use it often for my prayer life. It's so important. I just need to be reminded of this fundamental truth about. Uh, our dependency on God, our need for God, and how God loves it when we come to Him uh, in our in our weaknesses and in our our poverty, and 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 we I have, I have to be reminded of that because many times I could try to just be self sufficient and just running along with my plan, and here's my to do list, and I got all these things to get done, and all these meetings, and and I can forget how much I need God and how much God wants me to to lean on Him. So join me for the 30 Day Prayer Challenge and. To kick it off, coming up here this upcoming Monday, October 2nd, on Monday, October 2nd, I'm going to do a Facebook Live event at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So a Facebook Live event where I'm going to take your questions, I'm going to just give a short reflection about prayer, but come and you can you can join me for that event. It's all for free. This whole thing is for free. I just want to, I, I just really want to encourage people to develop a deep, habit of prayer. I really believe this. I believe our culture is is going through great challenges and great darkness. And the number one thing that's going to transform this world is not going to be new programs and initiatives and political projects, as much as those things can help, certainly. It's going to be men and women that are committed to prayer and go deep in their interior life, not just saying prayers, not just reading prayers, but actually sitting in silence, sitting in quiet, listening to God, reflecting on his word, reflecting on a saint. And so you can join me for the 30-day prayer challenge where you, if you want, you could read read the book. If you haven't gotten the book, I, I feel bad. I'm not trying to promote my own book here, but I do think it would be helpful for you. Feel free, please, to just use anything. If you use the Bible, you use the catechism, you use your favorite you know, saint book, that's totally fine. But if you haven't gotten the book and you're looking for something, you could check it out because that's 30 short reflections that are filled with the wisdom of the saints and the Catholic spiritual tradition. Uh, you can check out my book again. It's called When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul at ascensionpress.com, available there at ascensionpress.com. All right, and then join me for Facebook Live on Monday, Monday, October 2nd, 7 p.m. Mountain and 9 p.m. Central. Now, Let's go to Therese here. Now, Therese is one of these saints. It's kind of funny. Uh, in, in, in some ways, I, I think at a first glance, you can make one of two mistakes. You could be either very underwhelmed by St. Therese or very overwhelmed by her. <laughs> what do I mean by that? Well, you could be underwhelmed by her. I'll, I'll, I'll admit, this was my impression of St. Therese growing up as a kid. I just remember seeing these plastic statues everywhere of this saint in her habit holding roses. She's holding flowers. And so there's this saint, and she just looked like too happy and, and was holding out flowers all the time. And as a kid growing up, I was just like, okay, I know she's important, but I, I just could, I didn't connect with her. You know? And then I got older, and I heard about her spirituality. It was about the little way, the little way of St. Therese. And I don't know, again, maybe this is just me and my, my personality. I'm not about little ways. <laughs> I tend to be about big ways. I want the big way. I want to do great things for God and for the church and for the world and for my family. So the, the whole idea of a little way of spirituality just didn't appeal to me. And I remember you know, studying her even in a master's class, master's theology class, and I read. And again, I knew it was important. 
And, you know, and I tried to gain a couple insights along the way, and maybe there'd be a quote or two that I could take from Therese, but her whole spirituality didn't resonate with me. I was, I have to admit, I was underwhelmed. But then it was when I went to graduate school or, or, do, or in my doctoral program that I, I came across Therese in a whole new way. I had a wonderful f- professor, a dear friend, uh, Father Paul Murray, who taught a class. And he didn't even teach a class on Therese, but he incorporated Therese in so many of his lectures. And I started beginning to look at Therese with a new light. And then I began reading her story of a soul with a whole different perspective. And in it, I will tell you, that text you know, is one of the top texts, 10 texts, uh, I, I think are uh, in the modern world that are so important, um, certainly in the top 10 that has shaped my own soul, my own outlook on life. So I'm very grateful. But at first glance, I was a little underwhelmed, I have to say, growing up and hearing about Therese. On the other hand, I could also be overwhelmed. I, I think many people, you could look at Therese and you read her writings and she's just kind of intense. I don't know if you've ever read the section of Therese in her autobiography, Story of a Soul, where she talks about her vocation to love She's going on and on about her immense desire. She just wants to do so much for God. And she just talks about how her desires are reaching to infinity. She just wants to do everything. She wants to be an apostle. She wants to be a doctor of the church, a prophet, a crusader, a martyr. And she goes on and on about wanting to be a martyr and wanting to die for Jesus. And and, and then she finally just says, well, I... I don't want to do any one of these. I want to do them all. And, and, and that's why my vocation is to love because love comprises all of these things. And she goes on and on and on about this several pages and you can read it and just go think, you know, I, I just can't relate. You know, I, she desires to be a martyr. I, you know, I, I like to sleep in sometimes. <laughs> I just kind of, you know, I just can't relate to her. She just wants to do all these amazing things. And I mean, that's cool. It's noble. And I, I, I know saints want to do amazing things for God, but I, I, I'm just an ordinary Catholic, and I, I struggle to just say my prayers sometimes. And so we could feel a little overwhelmed. Maybe you feel that way when you read the saints. Maybe you feel that way when you hear about St. Therese. I want to share with you a wonderful insight from her sister. Her sister Marie felt this way. Her sister Marie felt overwhelmed reading that section. In fact, that, that, that section from her autobiography that talks about her desires to be an apostle, a martyr, a doctor of the church, all those things, her vocation to love section was originally in the form of a letter. It was a letter that she wrote to Marie during a silent retreat, which by the way, I think is kind of funny. You're on a silent retreat and you're writing letters to your sister. <laughs> so, but anyway, this is a little side note there, but, but Marie reads this during the retreat and is just overwhelmed and says, Like the rich young man in the gospel, a certain feeling of sadness came over me in view of your extraordinary desires for martyrdom. So this is Marie writing back to Therese. Marie reads these lines about Therese's vocation to love, these infinite desires to do everything for Jesus. And and she just says, I'm just overwhelmed. A certain sadness came over me. You know, I feel like the rich young man when I see your desires for martyrdom. She says, that is proof of your love. Yes, you possess love, but I myself know never will you make me believe that I can attain this desire goal for I dread all that you love. <laughs> this this is proof that I do not love Jesus as you do. <laughs> I, I love this, you know, because right, you, you read something from the saint that's really intense uh, or from and this saint in particular to Therese and we can feel overwhelmed. We can just go, 
I, I don't have that because I dread all that you love. <laughs> you you want to lay down your life. You want to be martyred. You want to just give your life as a victim soul. I, I, I just don't have those desires. So that's proof that I don't love Jesus as you do. I think that's how we many of us can feel. But then Therese comes back and gives this reply. And I'm going to share with you this quote from Therese. So they're writing letters to each other during a, a silent retreat. Again, I, I just think of women going on a retreat, like are they texting each other during the retreat? Because you can't talk, but you can write letters. Like, you know, in the modern world, we'd be texting or, you know, <laughs> is, is that okay? I don't know. I mean, whole, whole other question I have about Carmelite sisters uh, on silent retreat. But for our purposes here, listen to Therese's response to Marie. And this is one of my favorite quotes from Therese. Uh, in fact, this is one of the quotes when I was in Lisieux this summer. I was there with Beth. I think I might have mentioned we were celebrating our 24th wedding anniversary. We went to Spain to walk in the footsteps of John the Cross, but we also did uh, one day in, in Lisieux. And I just got to spend, it was really one of the, the most prayerful times I've had this, this whole year of 2023. We just had a whole morning quietly able to walk around Lisieux. We went to the big basilica. And then I got to spend like two hours just at Teresa's tomb at the little at the convent where she had resided and her tomb is there and I just got to sit right by her tomb and just quiet prayer. It was just wonderful. But I, I didn't have any books with me, so I, I pulled up on my phone this quote that I knew um, and, and I, had qu- I quoted in my book and so I had I had the, the book in my phone and just pulled this up here. And this is the quote I, I really just lingered with and it's just I know it's good for me to always go back and remember this and I'll explain why, but let's listen to the quote. Therese says to her sister Marie, Dear sister, how can you say that, say after this that my desires are the sign of my love? Uh, I really feel that this is not at all what pleases God in my little soul. What pleases him is that he sees me loving my littleness and my poverty, the blind hope that I have in his mercy. That is my only treasure. Why would this treasure not be yours? I want to ponder this line. She says, what pleases God is that he sees me loving my littleness. In other words, what, what, what pleases God in Teresa's soul isn't these infinite desires to be a martyr, doctor, prophet, crusader, all these things. It, what pleases God is that Therese loves her littleness. Now, those amazing desires, I think, are going to be the fruit of loving her littleness. But what does that mean when she says, loving my littleness, loving my poverty? You know, she's talking about her her weakness. She's talking about the many ways that she falls short, the many ways she feels like she's not playing the best game in her life, in her spiritual life, in her friendship with God, her prayer life the many ways she falls short with her sisters in the community. So the many ways she feels she's just not giving her best, where she could be frustrated with herself. But she's not frustrated with herself. In those moments of weakness, when she encounters her poverty, she encounters her faults, she loves them. What does that mean, to love our faults? I don't like my faults. I, I, you know, I'm supposed to be perfect as our Heavenly Father's perfect. Uh, I'm supposed to love my littleness, love my poverty, love my weakness. No, I hate those things. <laughs> you know, I, I, that, that, that weakness I have in my marriage, that, that part of my marriage where I'm just not being a good husband. Uh, I, I need to be a better husband. I, I'm supposed to love that? 
I, I actually hate that part of me. <laughs> or when I fall short as a parent and I'm just not a good dad and I just feel like I'm failing as a father. I, I'm supposed to love that? I thought I'm supposed to overcome all those weaknesses and get better. And, and, and Therese is telling me I'm supposed to love that part of my life? And what about like those times when I'm just so distracted in prayer and I just feel like I'm completely wasting time in prayer? I'm supposed to love that my prayer life is a mess? Uh, I'm supposed to love that sin? I, I struggle with the sin and I'm supposed to love it? What is Therese talking about? If anything, I hate those things in my life <laughs> and and I wish I didn't have them in my life and I wish I didn't need God so much in my life. Now, in other words, there's a part of me that prideful part of me that wishes I didn't need God's mercy and forgiveness as much. I wish I didn't bring so much to confession. <laughs> I wish I didn't need his grace to help me because I, I wish I could do it all on my own. But my friends, that part of us, if you have that part in you, that's not from God. That's the devil. That's, that's a kind of pride where I don't want to be dependent on God. I want, I, I want to just have it all together myself. And so what Therese is inviting us to, when she talks about loving our littleness, loving our poverty, she's talking about the virtue of humility here. She's talking about recognizing how dependent we are, really are on God. Like that wonderful song, you know, that song from Matt Marr, popular Catholic artist, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. We can sing that song. We can believe it in our heads that we need God. If I gave you a catechism quiz now, do you need God? You'd all say yes. But do you live moment by moment recognizing how much you really need him? Are you aware how dependent you really are in everything in your life? Your work, your career, your family life, your friendships, your dating relationships, everything in your life is dependent on him. Most especially your, your spiritual life. You're being transformed in Christ. You see, God rejoices. God rejoices when we express how much we need him. He rejoices when we see ourselves as we really are, that we're like little children. We're weak. We're dependent on God. He loves it when we're that way. But I think when, when we get frustrated with ourselves, when we are beating ourselves, oh, I, I, I stink at this. I'm, I'm failing here and I'm, I, fall sh- I fall short over here. I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good dad. I, I stink at prayer. I, I'm not a good friend to other people. I'm selfish or whatever. Like we had that weakness. My career is not taking off in the way I, I hoped it would. I'm just not doing as well as I could in the workplace. My personal life isn't taking off. I'm a young single person. I'm wondering, will I ever find the one? Will I be married? And I get, I, all these things, I could, I could hate those parts of my life. But Therese says what pleases God most is that he sees her loving those areas where she feels she falls short, where she doesn't have enough to give. Loving her littleness, loving her poverty, loving her weakness. Again, God rejoices when we're humble and we recognize we're dependent on him. And I think those weaknesses that come out, those times when we feel like we, like my son, like we had a bad game. <laughs> you know, you had a bad weekend on the home front. Just things didn't go well with your, in your marriage. Things didn't go well with your kids. Or you had a bad week in the office. You had a bad week in the chapel praying. You had your spiritual, whatever it is, when we encounter and experience our weakness, our deficiencies, it's like a wake-up call. It reminds us, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you every hour. I need you. 
And, and I wish I could live in that reality moment by moment, hour by hour, breath by breath. I have to be reminded of it. Therese was someone who lived every moment in the fullness of that truth of how small she really is, how weak she really is, how much she needs God. And it's in that sense that she loves her littleness. She loves her poverty. I want to be clear. It's not as if she's saying, hey, I sin. I'm a sinner. That's awesome. I should sin some more. No, no. That's not what she's talking about. (laughs) What she's talking about is she's loving her dependence on God. It's not that she loves her sin. It's not that she loves the fault itself. It's not that she loves the imperfection, the failure itself. But she loves that she's so small and, and needs God so much. And she loves that our God is so good and so forgiving. And so the next part of the sentence, when she says what, what, what pleases God the most is that he sees me loving my littleness, my poverty, and the blind hope I have in his mercy. In other words, Therese trusts. She trusts that, that yeah, she's weak, she's fallen, but, but she trusts that God will forgive her that God is merciful and his mercy includes his grace working in us. And it's his grace that can overcome our sins in a way that my own willpower can't on its own. So when I have that area in my life where I I fall short in my marriage over and over again, I'm just, I'm critical or I'm selfish or I'm prideful or I'm just thinking too much of me. Whatever is going on in my marriage, I know I, I keep struggling in that. I, I, I try to be better and I need to do a lot of effort and try to improve. But in the end, I have blind trust that in God's mercy, he's going to change my heart in his time. And it may take a long time and in his way, it may not be in my way, uh, but, but he really can change me in ways that I can't change myself because my weaknesses are so deep. But I'm a child and I, I'm dependent on God and I need him to do this. It's when I actually recognize how small I am how dependent I am that God swoops down and, and lifts us up and, and, and heals us and changes us and helps us in ways that he doesn't when we forget our dependency on him. You know, think about my kids that when a little child comes to me in a great need, they fell, they scraped their knee, they're hurt, and, and they come in tears. Or they come really, Daddy, help me. Like, I, I can't help but, you know, just want to just go attend to them. But when there's a certain child that wants to just figure it out by themselves, like, oh, like I, I go, hey, do you want me to help you tie your shoe? No, 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 I do. And they, they just want to figure it out on their own. I go, you're, you're, you don't know how to tie your shoe. This isn't going to go well. <laughs> you know, but I leave them alone and, and until they get kind of like realize I can't do this. You see, if we want the Father's love, we want the Father's grace working in our lives quicker, deeper, in a more powerful way. Let's be like little children who are dependent on God that say, Lord, I need you. I need your help. Again, this loving my littleness, loving my poverty, loving my weakness that Therese talks about isn't about loving the the mistake, the sin, the failure itself, but it's about loving our dependency and, and not trying to be too grown up. When, when we try to be too grown up and too self-sufficient and we just I, like, like the kid that says, I would just want to tie my shoe on my own then the father leaves us on our own. Actually, Therese uses that as an analogy, not about tying shoes, but it's the, but the father. When the, when the father thinks, sees the child trying to do it by himself, the father will say, okay, good luck with that. <laughs> that that's, that's my paraphrase of Therese. She didn't use those exact words, but that's what he does with us. But it's when we live in the reality of, Lord, I need you. So in closing, what do we do practically? Practically, we, you know, we, we need to 
first, I want to just foundationally, Therese was always about striving to overcome our weaknesses. We need to, when we know that there's something that's not going well in our marriage and we, we're selfish, we need to overcome that self-centeredness and we need to forgive quicker, be more patient and serve more, sacrifice more. We need to just strive to be better or there's a certain sin and I keep falling into that sin. So I just need to stop doing that. So I need to strive to grow in virtue and overcome my sin. That's the first point. But the second point for Therese, her, her spirituality would say is, is try all, all you all you can. Do all that you need to do to overcome your weaknesses and your shortcomings and your failures, but you're still gonna fall short. And it's in those moments we need to love our littleness. We need to love our littleness. We need to say, Lord, this is, I tried, but this is the best I can do. And I need you. And, and, and I, I'm thankful that I need you because you're so good and, and you are going to help me in ways that I can't help myself. And so I, I'm not going to fall into pride where I just am frustrated with myself. Oh, I'm a bad parent and I'm a bad Christian and I don't know how to pray and I fall in these sins. I, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm going to strive to be better, but I'm also going to love my littleness. I'm going to love that I, I, I'm so dependent on you, Lord. I can't do this on my own. I need you. I express my dependency on God. And then thirdly, then I trust, this is the point that Therese makes, to have this trust, this blind hope in God's mercy. Lord, I trust you more than I trust myself. As much as I'm going to strive to be a better husband, a better dad, a, a better coworker, a, a better son of God, a, a better Christian disciple in, in my prayer life and in my moral life, I'm going to, I'm going to strive, that's point number one, all I can. I, I, I know I'm going to fall short and I know I need you, Lord. And, and I'm thankful that you're there. And I'm thankful I am, am dependent on you because I trust you more than I trust me, which is this third point, that I have confidence that you can change me. You can heal me of these deep wounds in my life, these deep-rooted sins and patterns of behavior and fears and anxieties and lack of trust and insecurities and selfishness and pride, all these things that, that, that color my life. Lord, I, I, I need you, and I'm thankful I need you, and I trust that you can change me, that you will lift me up and, and take me to heights spiritually that I could never, never reach on my own. This is what Therese's little way is all about right here. If I had to pick a quote, uh, this one may sum it up the most right here. Um, it's in my book. For those that have my book, you'll find this quote on pages 129 and 130, the whole story of, uh, it's chapter 20, actually. The whole chapter here is about this theme um, of, of that balance of striving to do the best we can, recognizing our dependence on God by loving our littleness, and then trusting in his mercy to, to transform us. So many more things I'd love to talk about here, my friends. But uh, if you want to go deeper in prayer like this, join me for the 30-day prayer challenge. Join me on um, on October 2nd, so Monday night, this upcoming Monday, October 2nd, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Join me on Facebook Live. I'm going to do a Facebook Live event where I'm going to give a reflection on the life of prayer and to kick off our 30-day prayer challenge together. And I'm also going to take questions. So any questions you have about the life of prayer, the spiritual life, you can join me for that. Again, this upcoming, it's this upcoming Monday, October 2nd, Facebook Live at 7 p.m. Mountain and 9 p.m. Central. And 
I'll be sharing reflections from my new book, When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul. If you're looking for a 30 short reflections with the wisdom of the saints to help jumpstart your prayer life, you can check this out. The book is available. It's called When You Pray. It's available at ascensionpress.com. That's ascensionpress.com. Thanks for listening and God bless.